Get ready to match the stars. Scoey Mitchell, Brett Summers, Charles Nelson Riley, Marianne Mobley, Richard Dawson, and Fanny Flagg as we play the star-studded Big Money Match Game 75. And now here's the star of Match Game 75, Gene Rayburn. It's 1975. The stage is set. Set with orange shag carpet, with magically sparkling cream-colored stucco walls, and giant art installation ovals that look like they're releasing asbestos in the air. With every spin of the revolving platform the contestants are sitting on. Johnny O, with his familiar voice, poof of hair, and large brainiac forehead that made him look like a 60-year-old Bob's big boy, announces the host who walks on stage with a telescoping penis microphone and a gleeful, welcoming smile. I'm three years old, and now I'm 51. And we're watching Match Game 75, and the star of our show, Gene Rayburn. I have a morbid game I like to play while I'm watching. Really, any show or movie that's over 50 years old. I like to IMDB the celebrities to see when they died, how they died, and when their career died. Especially a show from the 70s, where many on the panel were openly smoking and drinking between takes. With Match Game, they would film all five episodes of a week in one day. Same audience. The contestants and Gene Rayburn and the stars, the term often used very loosely, reminds me of other game shows like Hollywood Squares, where instead of calling them stars, they would call them personalities. Like how Disney World doesn't call all their rides rides, they call some of them attractions. Disney rides are basically the personalities of amusement parks. Not to say I don't love the happiest blanking place in the world. I also love the stars on Match Game. Some have been around Hollywood for a very long time. Some are fresh faces. Many are trying to get their first or last break in show business. That even includes some of the contestants. When I started watching the TV show 24... Fox has sent a free DVD of the second season's first three episodes. The first few are always free, aren't they? And I loved it so much, I never looked back. It was maybe five seasons into the series that I went back and watched the first season. I don't recognize that character. They're dead. She's playing a good person. How do they turn her evil by the end of the season? This is the exciting world of hindsight and morbid curiosity that makes IMD being celebrities so fascinating to me. On this episode, we're going to talk about a few uh, celebrities, stars on Match Game who I didn't recognize. And uh, I am I am DB'd. And uh, so here's what became of them. Get ready to match the stars. Scoey Mitchell. Never heard of him. So at the very least, his career must be dead. The way that he sat there smoking, looking like he was falling asleep, the mellow tone of voice, 
made me think that he could have possibly been a stand-up comic, and this was his act, at least I hoped it was for his own health. Scoey Mitchell was so bad at matching contestants. I just paused for you to shout, how bad was he? That later in the season, when a smiling, oblivious William Shatner kept getting boos from the audience, Brett Summers pulled Shatner's answer card out of his hand, ripped it up, and stated, You make Scoey Mitchell look like a winner. Imagine my surprise to look Scoey up last May and find out that Scoey had passed away in March of this year, the age of 92. Scoey had a modest career as an actor throughout the 70s shifting to directing and producing in the 80s. In the 90s, Scoey retired from show business and focused on collecting and refurbishing vintage cars. Born March 12th, 1930 in Newburgh, New York. And now here are a few selections of uh, acting roles that he had that stood out to me. TV, 1965, Get Smart, one episode. 1969, The Carol Burnett Show, himself, one episode. 1972, The Odd Couple, one episode. 1974, The Six Million Dollar Man, one episode. 1974 to 1976, Rhoda, recurring character. 1978, Taxi, one episode. Movies that he was in uh, that stood out to me. 1986, Jojo Dancer, Your Life is Calling. He played Richard Pryor's semi-autobiographical father. Roscoe Mitchell Jr., a.k.a. Scoey Mitchell, was born on March 12, 1930. He died March 19, 2022. Get ready to match the stars. Jack Cassidy. Next on my search was another celebrity in the upper left seat named Jack. Jack was a white man with a beard. He dressed fairly sharply and acted pretty corny, told corny jokes, and had the seeming confidence and gravitas of a Broadway thespian. Could have possibly been British, or affecting a slight fake British accent like Madonna does. Didn't recognize him. Career dead, or literally dead by my estimate. When I looked him up online, I was shocked to find out that within less than a year of this show's recording, Jack Cassidy would be dead. The events leading up to his death would shock and sadden me even more. His full name was Jack Cassidy. Now, that last name definitely rang a bell. His sons were David Cassidy and Sean Cassidy. He was married to Shirley Jones, the actress that played the matriarch of the Partridge family, Shirley Partridge, and her stepson, David Cassidy, played her son, Keith Partridge, on the show. Sean Cassidy would go on to be one of the Hardy Boys in the Hardy Boys Mysteries on ABC. A few of Jack's career highlights, in my mind. TV, 1961, Wagon Train episode. Don't think I've ever watched it, but Gene Roddenberry pitched Star Trek as Wagon Train to the Stars in the mid-60s. 1968, Get Smart, one episode. 1971, The Year I Was Born. Rod Serling's Night Gallery. 1974, Columbo, one episode. 1976, Columbo, different character, one episode. Some Broadway highlights. 1976, 
It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Closed after three and a half months. And at the time, Broadway's biggest flop ever. Linda Lavin played one of the top characters. No, not Lois Lane. We'll get back to Jack Cassidy in a minute. Jack's son, David Cassidy, died at the age of 67 on November 21st, 2017. While he had fallen while performing on stage in February of 2017 and blamed it on Alzheimer's, he died of liver damage due to alcoholism. After his death, David Cassidy's daughter, Katie Cassidy, who he'd written out of his will, revealed on Twitter that her father's last words were, So much wasted time. Now back to Jack. Within the two years leading up to his death, according to his son David's autobiography, Come On, Get Happy, in 1974, Jack Cassidy had been seen by neighbors watering his front lawn in the nude in the middle of the afternoon. Also, according to Shirley Jones, in her autobiography, Shirley Jones, A Memoir, she had found Jack sitting on the floor in a corner in their house. Shirley asked him what he was doing and reminded him he had to get ready because they'd be performing together on stage in two or three hours. Jack looked up at her and said, I know now that I am Jesus Christ. Jack had also told Shirley, granted in more lucid times, that he'd had lots of affairs, even with men, including Cole Porter. On December 11th, 1976, Jack invited his ex-wife Shirley over to his apartment for drinks, but she declined. Sometime early morning, December 12th, 1976, Jack falls asleep on his Naugahyde couch. Naugahyde, trademark, is a fake leather that was first produced in my current town of Naugatuck, Connecticut. Hence the name Naugahyde, trademarked in 1936. Jack fell asleep on his Naugahyde couch with a lit cigarette and burned himself to death. Jack Cassidy was born on March 5, 1927, in New York City, and died on December 12, 1976, at the age of 49. I'm currently two years older than him when he died. And that's this episode. Thank you so much for joining me and spending a little time with me. And uh, if you have a chance, like and subscribe. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Shatner's Toupee. No spaces. Thank you and uh, see you real soon.